Hey, it's BT Mattel from Gemini, and my guest is a younger me. And I mean, it's, it's their comic, <laughs> Dwight Simmons. When I first saw this guy on stage in Indianapolis, I go, I love this guy. And he is a better comic than me. He's a better everything. You're going to see. We have a great time on this episode. You're going to love it. Dwight Simmons got a new album coming out called Who's the Master? You're going to love this episode, I promise you. Dwight Simmons. Enjoy. Oh, man. I'm so goddamn excited for this goddamn show. This is the guy. And I, I honestly, I'll say it right now. I don't give Indy enough credit for the talent they have because I always go, I think globally. I really do. I think globally when I do this. And there's fucking talent here. And this guy, true story. When I first moved to Indy, I remember going to a comedy club, Morty's, Morty's Comedy Club. And I see this guy go on stage. And I swear to God, I go, that's a younger me. But a better me. Uh, I mean, a better me in the sense of he's a better person and he's a better comic. I mean, God, your writing is so fucking good. And then I saw the an album coming out and I go, BT, dumbass, get him on your show. So right now on my show is one of the writers of the Bob and Tom show. He's also a co-director of the Limestone Comedy Festival. And he's also the creator of the Brewtube Comedy web series. And he's coming out with his third album. He just recorded at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. My man. Mr. Dwight Simmons. What is up, BT, man? It's so good to see you, dude. Dude, I, I, you're too kind, by the way. No, you're no, it's, it's the truth, man. When, you're I too first, when I first saw you, and I, we talking about this, I don't, I don't like to talk too much when I have a guest because I want to keep everything organic when we have a reaction. Yeah. But, man, when I saw you, I go, this dude is me. And then I'm doing my research and looking at your, you know, the little clips you have. Yeah. And I go, yeah. We, I mean, we talked, we touched on the same subjects. And I go, nah, that's what my, that's what my bit could have been. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's what could have been. So, dude, yeah, man. I appreciate that. You know what? It's we have uh, we have similar upbringings. I feel like so. I feel like we touch on a lot of the same topics. You grew up in Russia? No, I didn't grow up in Russia. Okay, I, grew up in I mean, Russia. I grew up in Carmel, Indiana. No, so it's sort of like Russia. Russia. Black. See, I keep it all black, bro. Yeah, I grew up in the black. It's sort of like Russia. Yeah. Well, my dad's black and the black. He's a black Russian. I might look like that. So uh, yeah, I can't. I keep it real. Yeah. So, what? You don't like my black Russian <laughs> bit about my father? <laughs> You too, man. Yeah, me too. You still have me too. man. That's crazy. No, I think we do have the same. Okay, okay let's yeah. see if we have the same kind of upbringing. Okay, now, how did you grow up? Because uh, the way I look at you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you grew up in that kind of, like, correct me if I'm wrong, your, your dad had that strong black man stance. Sure. And you had that in you, but you kind of went a little different way, and you were, like, kind of more welcoming to, like, uh, other, you know, like, yeah. I was like, other races. It's weird to say other races, because it sounds so weird and outdated, but it's like, you had, I don't know, you ever had white friends come to the house? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my dad uh, left my mom when I was, like, four. We lived in Philly. He oh, you lived in Philly? Philly? Yeah. From Philly? Yeah, I don't even remember, though, because I was so young. Oh, you were a kid. So I was a kid, and then we moved to Indianapolis, and then... Uh, he met my now mom. I call her mom. Yeah, okay. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. That's nice. nice. And she's white. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's well, there white. There you go. But they, like, we lived in the hood until like sixth or seventh grade, and then we moved to Carmel, which is like one of the most wealthy suburbs in America. It, it, you know, say, what? You say white. I mean, it's kind of almost synonymous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to paint the picture, they're white and wealthy. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. synonymous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, say white. No, she's as, I mean, my mom was as hood as it gets. Really? She grew up there. Yeah, she grew up poor. She grew up on the east side. And she, uh, yeah, like real bad. Like, 
Uh, my mom, for a lot of my childhood, was in like AA and NA and like going through What's recovery. What's in it? Narcotics. Oh, shit. That's just like a catch-all. Oh, damn. We don't, because they got like cocaine anonymous, but if you're doing everything, they're like, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's just get it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. Which is why that's salt, isn't it? And that's I think that's a. NACA. NACA. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah, the, that's a, the college for the Yeah, college. for college. So yeah. she was the NAC. Damn. So yeah, she, she did all that shit. shit. Yeah, she did everything. So what? Wait, was so her, she got clean. Was her and her dad doing it together? Her and your dad, her and your dad doing it? No, my dad smoked weed. Everybody and like weed. all the time. And he worked all the time. He's a chef. So he was always working. I bet that food he was drank. straight fire though, wasn't it? I don't know. If you smoke weed and you're a chef, <laughs> that food is going to be straight fire. Maybe love. Yeah, this one right here. Mm-hmm. Fuck Bobby Flay. Yeah, this shit right here. Need a little more salt. Yeah, <laughs> you tuned in. <laughs> you know, be Bobby Flay. You come out for a commercial. They both got red eyes and shit. <laughs> and they were hating kill again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby yeah. Flay. <laughs> licking the. <laughs> no, you did not just make a pack of ramen. <laughs> but On national television, it's straight fire. It's going with straight fire. You ever had green onions before? <laughs> you ever had fried ramen and green onions? <laughs> With a chitlin juice, the blackish <laughs> with chitlin juice yeah. and, a, and a ginger reduction sauce. Oh yes, that's uh, that's forty five dollars, please, <laughs> for the sample. But he did, man. He uh, yeah, he worked. He uh, he drank, and I mean, he was around, but he always worked at night. So I'd go to school, and you know, mom held the house down. But she was in recovery like the my entire upbringing. Was it was it hard? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's tough because it's like. You don't notice as, like, when you're a kid, when yeah. you're in it, you're like, this is just normal. Right. Like, mom's trying to get healthy. She's trying to take care of herself. And we're going to church a lot. Oh, that's the worst. I know. I hated that. Oh, I was God. like, mom, can you just do one drugs? And then <laughs> y'all have to go on, like, Wednesday nights. Oh, and then, yes. Yeah. Because sometimes, let's go. Uh, man, I hated going to church. Like, I we went all the time. Man. Oh, that's even worse. I don't know. If it's even a word. It's even worse. <laughs> it's even worse. <laughs> having to go to, I mean, having yeah. to go to church. Okay, so so now how, how old when when her and your dad met and she moved in and y'all started living together? Uh, I was probably six. Okay, five or six. So when did you start realizing something ain't right? Like you know, because with kids, yeah. you can cover a whole bunch of shit up and they don't realize until you, you go. I don't think we're supposed to be doing this. You know what I mean? Like when did you realize that? Um, probably when I started going to school. I mean, talking to other kids, seeing other kids' families, because. Uh, you know, east side of Indianapolis, a lot of people's families were fucked up. Yeah. A yeah. lot of, like, drugs were a, a huge, a huge problem. Yeah. So it's like, there was sort of, like, normalcy and fitting in. The thing was, I had a two-parent household, and a lot of my friends didn't have that. Okay. So I almost felt, like, privileged in that sense, even though we were going through a bunch of this shit. Yes. I had a dad around. You know what? That, that was a joke that I always struggle with, because I never wanted to act like I was better than anybody because right. my, my dad did a great job of just like he like where he grew up the people in our neighborhood who didn't have a dad my dad made sure that he treated them like a like if we were doing sports for sure they didn't have a ride he'd give them a ride That's and, beautiful. and he and if they said something i just remember like kid in our car going man i flunked this my dad said you did what and he talked to him like he talked to other people don't you ever hear me don't you ever hear me say you, you fucked this head. you know what i'm saying don't do shit like that like he talked to him like he talked to us oh and she, you know, she, but then they go yeah but my teacher should brace it my dad i'll give a damn shit you go if you do your work if you do your work they can't say shit so yeah. do your work they can't say and he would say like that my dad my dad in his day he was yeah. like six two six three you know he went to the military and he was and he was i thought my dad would have been a black kick panther but he you know yeah we needed the money so you know yeah. <laughs> he was like yeah, yeah. I, 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 I
So it means that he would take it out on us. But man, them kids, they say that. My dad literally would talk them down like he talked to us. And, yeah. and to this day, though, they still get him that respect. Though. I mean, there's I love a kid, it. There was a kid who's, who's, whose dad was, you know, wasn't a good person, right? So that kid was over my brother, and they were playing at the house. Somebody, one of my dad's friends came over and goes, he goes, you let your son play with that kid? You know what is that? And my dad goes, don't say that, man. He goes, yo, this couple daddy messed up. I mean, the kids messed up. He took, and he, took, and he took up for that kid, took up that kid in front of that kid. They didn't think that kid hurt him. Right. And to this day, that kid, when he calls to my brother, he goes, hey, man, how's your daddy? I love that, man. You remember people that, like, had your back. And you remember, like, like I said, like, I didn't uh, process this in the moment. But mm-hmm. as an adult, like, you're more grateful for everybody that helps you out. Like I went to a, a public school. Yes. It's not a very good school system, but I had this teacher in the fourth grade, Miss Andreas, and I could she believed in me. She's like, you're a good writer, and it made me want to write. And she's like, uh, she's just like pumping positive energy into me. And no other teacher did that. For like the rest, even when I went to Carmel, I didn't have like that. Well, of course. That sort of, of like, course. hey, you you have some sort of talent, and I'm gonna nurture it a little bit. And that is, I, honestly, man, that is the great when you just, especially especially as a kid, when somebody goes, "Hey, man, I believe in you." Yeah. That means so much. That's yeah. why I I almost hate it when comics go, "You need to tell kids they ain't shit." I go, "No, no, no, fuck yeah. that. You need to gas them up, man. Right. Some kids need that so they'll have that that confidence. Yeah. Man. That is the greatest shit in the world. So that's why, is that, do you give her credit for you being the great writer that you are as a comedian? Um, probably not. I'm not sure if she would take that credit if I was writing like, uh, you know, bad dick jokes. <laughs> you know, no, no, but they're good. I, I, yeah. say, I say this, man. You're Thank you. Great. Shout out to Ms. Andres. Uh, you're for, a great fucking writer. Yeah, for all the dick jokes I've yeah. over the years. Yeah, but they're well crafted. <laughs> They got a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> They're like that. You ever seen Mandingo in a, in, in, in a porno? Your yeah. jokes are the Mandingo oh. of, of a black dot com video. That's the nicest thing anybody ever They're well crafted. They're big, and they come with a big punchline. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I, I, can, yeah. I can make porn. He's had a long career. Literally and figuratively, he's had a long career. That man's out here. But but yeah, man. I mean, honestly, that's is so important. And I never thought I would talk like like I'm a fucking, you know, like I'm about to bring somebody on the 700 Club. But it's so true, though. When you <laughs> nurture a kid and they can yep. go a different way and they have that that kind of somebody believes in me and, and just a, that positive way, oh, that's the greatest thing you can do. It's great because, like, I did want to, you know, make her proud. Yeah. That's a that's a kid mindset. It's like, oh, I don't want to let someone that believes in me down. And, and that's hurtful. Well, great. We're great. Uh, fourth. It's like fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. Fourth grade. Yeah, yeah man. That, yep. that, that, I see that, and that's where I feel like we have a parallel kind of because in fourth grade, I went from, I mean, I remember it was a regular school, and I always say, I always say this, I swear to God, I always say, I did this in my one man show, I was black until fourth grade. And that was when I in, got introduced to Kiss. Kiss. Oh, yeah. Because before that, Earth, Wind, and Fire was my favorite group. Yeah. I remember being my dad's uh, 76 Grand Prix, listening with, with an eight track, <laughs> listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Dad's my favorite group. He goes, really? And then we went to another school in Irving Elementary. I met Mark Markovics and I got introduced to Kiss. Not Mark Markovics. And yeah, it's Oklahoma. It was Mark, Mark Markovics. <laughs> and, I got, and I got introduced to Kiss and my shit changed forever. Oh. And, and that's when life changed. That's when I had, like, I, I did a 180, like most of my friends at school were white. Yeah. And that was the rock and roll. And man, you know, and that was back in the day when those lines, especially, you know, like, Oklahoma, Indiana, I mean, in, in the 70s, so those lines were, you know, you didn't cross yeah. lines. Yeah. And man, everything changed. That, that I think that helped me also 
communicate in a better way because you know go at school you know friends were hung out with were white and then they go back home and they were on the bus they were all black right so I had that best of both worlds so to speak yeah it's a it's a tool that you use throughout your lifetime like you said communicating and really having empathy and understanding yes. where people come from uh, more so than just what they look like so like predominantly black on the side of Indianapolis is we don't understand how rich white people live and get to Carmel and they don't understand how poor black people live. You got this just worlds that will never collide unless they're forced. And I got to navigate. Well, it's called gated communities. That's what it's called. It's called that's, that's, why, that's why they don't. It's called gated communities. That's why. Yeah, that's why <laughs> What's the passcode? <laughs> if you ain't yeah. <laughs> Passcode in the face scan? That's bullshit. It's called 180. It means turn around. Mark Markovitz ain't had to do passcode. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but that is so true. It's like, if, and it, God damn it, it sounds so corny, but, but I'm lucky I'm talking to you though. But it's the truth though. When you don't know what that other side is like, yeah, you you thinking oh they got it all made yeah. and they they don't, but it's a different kind of, it's a different set of problems. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's uh, I mean it's still all bullshit. Like, you kids being spoiled that have money is just a tried and true thing in America. It's like yeah they have problems. They go through depression. They don't understand like actual issues. Um, they feel left out of stuff. They try to be something they're not. When I was coming up, like, a big thing was, like, you call, like, a white kid a wigger because he was dressing, like, 50 Cent or uh, Saint Lunatic, like, Nelly, and pants hanging down, or you want to be, like, Tony Hawk or some shit like that. It's like, yo, man, like you said, you live in a gated community in a $750,000 house. Yes. Yeah. Buy some actual jeans, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know what? We said because... Our shit don't fit all the time. Like we'll be, we'll grow into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You bring it to the head. Yeah, yeah. It feeds you shitty food. <laughs> yeah, you'll get fat and you'll eventually fit into those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got two pair of LA gear, one for this year and one yeah. next year. You bring the same <laughs> shoe carnival that's having a sale. <laughs> but no, I, I, I feel you on that, man. It's like it's so true. They don't understand, like. Here's my thing with that. It's like, okay, I get it though. That's just part of being, growing up being a teenager, no matter what. Like you always, yeah. I mean, God bless those teenagers that knew, or people, they knew who they wanted to be and they didn't have to front and do right. this. And all of a sudden you meet them now and they're all different. Like, yeah, yeah, that was a crazy period of my life. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's crazy. But I don't, looking at it now from this perspective, this perspective, I don't blame them because I mean, hey man, we were, I mean, some people still search for who they are as a person. Right. You know, so, you know, you try to, you know, and I know on the outside of your it, it looks so cool being black. Like, oh man, you're from the hood. Oh my god, you know, I'm like, I'm on my pants like that. Danger. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is like getting me into like it's like training wheels before you go skydiving. It's like I'm gonna be black for a day. Yeah, that'd be so that'd get the heart rate up. Yeah, yeah until it's time to be white again. Yeah. It's like wow, officer, I yeah. Can I call my father? Let's pull that parachute. <laughs> uh, put it into this. This is bullshit. It's the truth, though, man. And that's why I was wondering, like, okay, so did you use? When did you find humor as your as the bridge to the gap, or or your way you're coping it with the problems at home? Um, very early on, I came. I mean, my family's funny, so like my dad's side of the family is super funny. He's got you know six. 
uh, siblings. Oh and it's God. just like the holidays are just like, all right, who can make someone laugh the most? Yes. Who's the first person can, to make another person spit out their drink? And so like, that's how I came up. And you know, we, this isn't healthy, but we'd watch Def Comedy Jam as a kid. Yes. Just like the most egregious comedy you've ever seen in your life. I don't understand like half the concepts. I'm asking questions like, what's a virgin? Like, yeah. My dad's just like, somebody that hasn't had sex yet, shut up and try to watch Bernie Mac or some shit like that. Yeah. So like I was inundated like and obsessed with it from a young age. And then taking it to school, it was just a way to cope with, you know, awkward situations. Yeah. The, the thing about like Comic View and Deaf Comedy Jam, they talk about race all the time. Yes. They talk about race all the time. So it gave me tools to talk about it in a funny way and not like a angry way. You talk about your dad being like, would have been a Black Panther. Yeah. Like if that's the household I grew up in, then, you know, you go to school militant. You're like, oh, <laughs> I got a C plus cause I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> Versus like nudging you, yeah. you know, your yeah. schoolmate and being like, hey, I think they gave me because I'm black. So that's funnier. Than, yes, yeah. yes. But you know, but, but then also though, but I gotta get Neither way, I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but it's just like how you learn to deal with How it. you cope with like, yeah. my mom and dad give them credit. I felt like they were so progressive for that, just for that time period. Yeah. They knew, and listen, you know, that these people might be this way, but if you do your schoolwork, right. you know, you get down to business, right? You might have fun with your friends, yeah. but you talk like you got some sense, right. you get your schoolwork, and they can't hold that against you. If you, if you get what has to be done, that's why the lowest grade I ever got was a C, until it was geometry. Geometry kicked my ass. Like, I got a D minus, and my parents didn't say shit. So BT still seeing shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that an isosceles triangle? Wake up, it's congruent. It's congruent. Yeah. I was, like, I, yeah, my parents were all about manners, and my dad worked all the time, so he kind of instilled a work ethic in me, leading through example. Yeah. So we kind of had both sides of it. Um, uh, where's daddy at? Oh, he's working again. You know, he's putting in 60, 70 hours a week so we can buy a house that we can't afford. And that's, you know, that's, that's kind of like, man, growing up in Carmel, like living above our means, yeah. still struggling and seeing my parents, you know, uh, do that for their children made me want to push it to the max. And I was like, hey, I think I'm good at making people laugh. Uh, see if they're going to be this or like, all right, I'm gonna shoot a million free throws a day, and I just don't got it. You know, okay. I just don't got. It. Well, did, did you, did you uh, play basketball? Yeah, man. Yeah, did you, oh, did yeah you? I was pretty good. Really, I was pretty good until I wasn't. Like I, so I went to. I used to work out at the JCC in high school, okay. and Eric Gordon, who went to North Central and uh, plays in the NBA now, was yeah. like a year younger than me. Okay, and I was pretty good, man. And until we we started playing. A five on five, but I was like, "Oh no, this is this is an actual athlete basketball player." <laughs> this, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna focus on writing some jokes." I was on the bench in my notebook. And this is <laughs> this shit is funny, and I I went to, I graduated with Josh McRoberts, who also went to the NBA, and uh, that was the year Greg Oden uh, also graduated. He Damn. went first overall, so we had Mike Conley was. His teammates, so we had all these like NBA draft picks, and I was like, you know what? I just it ain't for me, man. It's not. I would have to work so much harder than any yeah. of these naturally talented guys to yeah. get there. And it's just funny because now I'm doing that with comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got to work so much 
much harder. So I, I don't know, maybe. But but it, it's a different kind of work. I mean, it's real. I, I think it's more tangible because. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you look at the, I don't know about you. I look at like the really big big comics. Yeah. And I go fuck. But there's there's a place for you. You gotta you right find your lane. Right. You know what I mean? It's like to me. You can interchange them, but I think Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle are, I think they're right. And then yeah. Burr, and Burr's there too, though. Yeah. So, you know, Chappelle, Burr, C.K., those three. And then after that, man, you know, where's, where's the drop off? I mean, I still think David Tell's probably one of the greatest writer, yeah. writers in the, sure. in the game. But there's a lane for everybody. Everybody can get money. That's why I live by Kevin Hart, because he said that. And it's the truth. I mean, Kevin Hart's there too. I mean, I think people, you know, discredit him. Right. And Kevin brings his own shit. He's good too, but. I think it's more yeah. tangible in, in, in comedy than it is in athletics. Because athletics, for sure, know, there's no goddamn way in the world no. I can hold fucking Eric Gordon to 10 points. No, it, it, it ain't happening. Yeah. It, it ain't happening. You know why? Because in comedy, there's an audience for everybody. Yeah. There's an audience for everybody. There's not an audience for you to go average a double-double <laughs> <laughs> against actual athletes. But the thing with, like, so this last special, or the special I just did, that was a mind shift in my thinking is, was, you know, I'm going to make this more personal and I'm going to talk about stuff that I want to talk about because I feel like there's an audience for it. Whereas the first two albums I did, I was like, all right, kind of like auditioning for my job almost. It's like, how, how evergreen can I make these jokes so that it re they reach as many people as possible? Okay. And it helps my career in that way. So you went deeper into the into the soul. Yeah, I want the deeper focus, you know? Just wow. And really, you know, pre-pandemic, the Trump years, and seeing just how people oh are divided. Yes, it was just like, like, why am I, why am I trying to play to everybody? Man, I was going to get to that, but now we're, yeah, let's get there. Okay, so, so, like, in what way though? In what way? For this yeah. one, for this one, you said it's more purple. So, so this one probably is the, this is your baby. You feel? I mean, yeah. in retrospect, look. I mean, every comedy album you do, that's your baby. But right. now, especially because it's new and you did it and you went personal, so you feel this is the one. Yeah, man. I just, it feels like a new chapter of my career. It's like, all right, we're doing a we're doing a shift. So I I I kind of lean into the uncomfortable a little bit. Like what? Like what? Um, if you can talk about it. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. I'll talk about it. Like. Uh, it's a, just a quick joke, but my mom had a triple bypass heart surgery oh. and I just, you know, I kind of just flipped that on its head and I don't know if I would broach that subject, you know, four years ago. Right. Uh, I, there was a big chunk on, uh, race dynamics and the way black history is taught and the way I was taught black history. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, happened a long time ago, but I'm just now getting to where I feel like I'm good enough comic and I can talk about it comfortably. Yes. Even in this like supercharged climate of what we should teach kids in America. Uh, yeah, I just like, so sipping past my last album, I kind of dive into it, but then I'm like, all right, <laughs> that was crazy, right? Here's an opinion <laughs> and we're moving on. And this one, I'm like, all right, let's, let's, let's dive in let's a little bit. It. Yeah, let's get into it and dissect it and how ridiculous is it? Um, it is, it is me. It's my opinions. And it's, uh, the, the great thing is like, I feel like I did a good job of making these charged topics funny, which is my job as a comedian, yes, yes. which is what I've always wanted to be. Like the comics I respect the most, like you said, are, you know, Chappelle. I love the way, when I first watched Chris Rock, it was bigger and blacker and he talks about 
everything. Yes. And it's so good and so funny and so charged. And I had never seen someone use political humor in that way. Yes. And manipulate an audience. Even if you may disagree with them, you, you still have know that. that. You that's how I know that. it's br- it, yeah. If you say, I don't agree with it, but God damn it. Oh my God. I was like, man, I've been chasing that for a long time. And I feel like I'm starting to get into that mode where I'm comfortable doing that. It, it, I wanted to say, because I, mean, I was looking at your uh, Instagram page, you know, you put the little clips up. Yeah. And man, when you say, I'm going as critical race theory this year, and yeah. Halloween, <laughs> my God, I mean, I've been set, I've been racking my brain trying to get a good critical race theory joke. And then, yeah. and Florida just feeds it to us. Oh, yeah. Florida, Herschel Walker, and the, and the, the Republicans, yeah. they just feed us gr- uh, great material. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just trying to cultivate. And I'm doing, this, I'm doing the same thing. It's trying to get deeper off it. Because, yeah. man, I'm not going to lie. Man, I, I was in a slump as soon as Trump got elected. Mm-hmm. It was I, I felt like I was in a four year just like slump. Like, I, what do you? It's like, what do you talk about? I, it's, it's because you mentioned him there and that positive his people being in the, the audience. Yeah, and they ruined this fucking show. People don't talk about those. Hundred and ten. They were they were the worst. They were the worst fucking yeah. human beings in the world. That was the worst. People, it was the worst time for comedy because his people would come to the show and you say something about it and they would fucking you know and, and comedy clubs never fucking kick anybody out. No. So it's like yeah, deal with those motherfuckers, man. And they yeah. were the fucking. And I was in I I, mean, I was in a funk. I, I got couldn't make it funny. I was, I remember before, before the election, yep. like I, I pit, I had the joke about Hillary yep. and the joke about Trump. Yep. And, I, and I put them both back to back. Yep. I said, Hill, I said, oh, what did I say about Hillary? I said, Hillary's the kind of person, I forget what it was, it's a pretty decent joke. And I remember people laugh and I said about Trump and they didn't. And yep. I go, really? Because I, I kept it even. Right. I kept it even. And and, uh, and I, I go, I, I see what's coming. Yeah. And I, I saw it coming. It's worse now. Like before it was a joke to everybody. How could he win? Like, you know, he didn't think he could win. He was watching results roll, yeah. and he was like, oh shit, this might actually yeah. happen. I'm, 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 all. Like, I, I did a show that night. I didn't even watch. Like, I was, I found out she was down when I got off stage. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, because up till that point, we're like, how insane would this Democrat be if he became president? And so, like, at least a year after he was elected, it was just like this deep, what the hell are we gonna do? Like it was black hole sun, bro. Crazy. It was black hole sun. And then you go into the COVID years, and it's just like, all right, what are we? What are we right? First of all, we didn't know if stand up comedy in front of a live audience would come back. I did. But did you have faith? Oh, no, I was like, yeah, oh, I, shit. I did. I, I, I the whole thing. I mean, now I'm at a point now where it's like. All right, man. This is who America is. Yeah, I knew, I knew he was gonna get elected when he did that 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 uh, the rally in Tampa. Yeah, and I saw that vitriol and the hatred. People were like, yeah, yeah. And man, I go, he's yeah. getting elected. Yeah, I mean, I can just tell. And the way, like CNN backhanded, let him. I mean, gave him vote. I mean, the way they, I mean, they always talk about with him, 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 him. Right. Not really like Hillary. And I go. They're backhanded, you know, yeah. giving him more pub. Right. And that's what it is, man. It's a popularity show. And I saw what's happening. But now I'm in a, I'm a place like, that's just who the fuck America is. Yeah. And I, I, and it's like, okay, I'm indifferent now. Yeah. You know, oh, well, that's the thing. It's like, all right, why, if I'm feeling this way, why am I not writing material that expresses that? Yes. And like that critical race theory joke, for instance, like, all right, so I did that in you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Wichita, Kansas. That's my hometown. I did it in New York. I did it in Denver. I did it all over the place yeah. to test. And what's funny is like super liberal rooms would tighten up and super redneck rooms would tighten up. But everybody 
most rooms across America are in the middle a little bit. Yeah. So like, so like, you can get a reaction, and that's not, you know, the most liberal rooms are going to be like, oh, that shit's crazy, that's hilarious. Uh, black rooms are going to be like, what the fuck's talking about? I don't give a fuck about this. So we make fun of, like, but black people are the people that come up after these sets and are like, yo, you said some real shit up there. And that means a lot to me. That's what, I, like, that's my, that's the audience I want. Like, I, I was going to ask you, but since we're already here, like, okay, yeah. like, and I, and now when you first started out, did, like, black rooms scared to shout at you? Dude, um, would you have considered the old Mortys on 96th Street a black room? Like sometimes, so when, when Miss Pat had her Thursday night, her, yeah, her second show Thursday night. Yeah. Remember they had a regular show. Yep. Then Miss Pat show like at ten, yeah. or was it at midnight? It was late as hell. I think it was eleven o'clock on a was Thursday. Pat and, and I remember she booked me. Yeah, right. And I lie to you not. When the moment I said, "Yeah, I'll do it," I had this feeling of anxiety <laughs> in my heart. And, I would say, and, and it may have been like two months before, but that shit stays with you until yeah. you do the show. Yeah. Like you just go, "Yeah, I'll do it, Miss Pat." Yeah. And you go, you know, I'll tell them about the, oh God. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. and then all the other like white comics or, or, or Bowers would be out there. Yeah. yeah. And you feel like they want you to fail. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you go do good. And you go, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Now. I am black. Yeah. What now? What now? And so, yeah. You know, oh, they don't give a fuck. Like, uh, oh, I have a ton of mispat stories that we don't have time for. But <laughs> I remember when I was in denial that I was losing my hair. Yeah. And I was just like, I was Sanford and sentiment. And I was just like, I was, the shit was way back here and I still had the the size out and I was just like, I just comb it over, it'll be fine. I was like 26, I was young as shit. I was like, I can't be losing my hair. I go on stage, I do all right. Miss Pat comes up say, on stage after and she goes, Damn, it looked like somebody set a cup on that boy's head. I was like, oh, God, damn. <laughs> she said, it looked like he wearing a yarmulke. He ain't wearing no yarmulke. I was like, she knows the word yarmulke. That's funny. I went home. I shaved immediately. <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> I'm done. Miss Pat can break you down. Yeah. So funny and yeah. so cruel, but you'll still laugh and go, yeah. Like, like uh, Miss Pat, I think, I think, okay, she went to Tulsa. I had my brother and her, his wife go see her. And I think they took her to the airport because something happened, whatever. Anyway, so it was Miss Pat and Dion and me. Yeah. And Dion goes, BT's got a brother? And, and Miss Pat goes, yeah. He goes, what's he like? And Miss Pat goes, oh, he a real nigga. <laughs> <laughs> the way she said that. Which was, which was throwing shade at me. Throwing shade at me. Like, uh. the way she just, oh, he a real nigga. Like, she got oh like I yeah. ain't shit yeah I I had to laugh yeah she's, she's right she's right of course she's right. in that sense yeah man oh man god damn she's funny man yeah I was I, I gotta say this now I'll forget as funny as you are and I love your act as funny as you are funniest thing that to this day makes my stomach hurt and you didn't really mean to I don't know I think maybe it went off on a tangent I think you were like people say I don't like black girls like it goes I like black girls, just not the scary ones. Man, <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I know you did, but it wasn't a bit. I think, uh, I think you were talking or something. 
something you're talking to you, people say, yeah, yeah. Girl. I like black girls. And you just go, it's not the scare. When you said that, oh my I was God. in the back and I held myself, and to this day, That's to this day, crazy. when I got to yeah. think of something to laugh to get over some depression, yeah. dude, I think of that line you said. It's not the scary you one. Just, I knew it was a boy line because you, you said, like, because you know when the comedian is in the act, and when right? And you went, just not the scary ones. Yeah. Man, I ain't gonna lie. I fucking, I, I literally doubled over. I doubled over and I'm in the green room and I let it go, just not the scary ones. Man, I go, God damn, this is oh. me. This is me right here. Yeah, that's, that's when it's early, like your early in your career, just like riffing and yeah. you're just like, let me try some shit out. But yeah, I don't doubt that I say, I used to say some outlandish shit just like off the, off the strength of just like surviving to the next joke because I didn't have yes I didn't have rhythm yeah I didn't have like transitions or like I still have like sets yeah. I know you don't no no yeah. you the way you write and the way you perform is it's unnecessary for you to have these things because once you step on stage everybody's engaged like you are one of the quickest comics of like taking over the room that I've ever seen. Like it's incredible to watch because you go from, you know, watching you before you get on stage and you got your uh, trapper keeper pulling notes. <laughs> you just scribbling, yeah. just yeah. jotting down furiously. Yeah. And you go on stage and there's just like immediately, it's like almost, yeah, I gotta get this out before I forget. And then you just boom, 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 boom. And it's, well crafted. It's not like you don't have thanks, man. Uh, transitions. It's yeah. just like no, this isn't this isn't the type of comic you are. Where it's like, all right, I got this. I've got this thesis, <laughs> <laughs> and for the yeah. next thirty minutes, yeah. you gonna follow along. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, in a way, I wish I was more. I wish I was structured, but I think I get structured. If I know I'm gonna do a, a special or take something, yeah. then I have to, and it sucks because. I don't like to be that, but right. it helps. To, you don't want to be all scatterbrained on the special, so right. I want to keep it like that. So it's like, ah, but man, yeah, I love, I just love having it, going over, because I, I, I look at every performance, uh -huh. like, you're going to play a football game. Like, I, 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 I literally think I'm Bill Belichick, and I go, in, every, right. in every show, it's a different opponent. Right, so I have to write every joke out, and I, and then sometimes I have all the notebooks because I'll be because I'll have like jokes me I never I never did or whatever. Right, so I want to be able to when I step out of bounds and maybe I'm talking to somebody, and they say something, and the phone it'll trigger that joke. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I want to be always ready. That's why it's awesome to watch. And I don't mean it to be like me, but honestly, that's why sometimes when I'm in the green room, I really wish people would shut the fuck up. <laughs> I really do. I, I I I can't stand when people are talking to me. And I'm like, oh, and like, like I was I did uh, uh, helium uh, yeah. Tuesday night, and people were gonna talk, and I got my shit out, and I just put my phone, and I start playing some Miles Davis, going, yeah. like, hopefully they'll get the fucking point. Yeah, you know what? And I and I'm like, and I know me, I'm not mean, but right. it's like, God, can you just shut the fuck up? I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to focus. Yeah, I'm trying to fuck. And, I, and the thing about it is, I wrote it home before, but for some reason, it gets better when I'm at the actual comedy club. Yeah. For some reason, it gets more concise. Where I'm at home trying to write the shit going, <laughs> but then when I get the comedy club, it comes more. It's weird. Right. You're doing your warm up. It's like your pregame ritual. Yeah. That you have going on. Yeah. I feel like I envy it. I wish I could be more in the moment, but if I was, I say dumb shit like I like black women, just not the scary ones. <laughs> Now I'm canceled. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean? What you mean? Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. That's why I wanted to ask you sometimes that honestly, like, I watch you and, and I, I feel the same way too. Like, it's it, it's always awkward when I hear you and me actually say nigga. Because, I mean, yeah. 
at, like it just I mean as a throwaway word yeah. if it's not in the joke like if it's a joke yeah because I've seen you do it now there's real niggas and then, you know yeah. I saw that bit you did and I go yeah because uh, it's one of my favorite that bit's about Miss Pat by the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Miss Pat because <laughs> when you hear it like you go it just doesn't sound right coming from us right I mean, like if we were just talking like regular talking like, yeah it's just one nigga it, it doesn't sound right coming from us but yeah. in a joke like that the way you do it it's for a fact. It works. Yeah, yeah, for a fact. But I, we don't just throw it out willy nilly. I don't speak that way in real life. And I, like when I'm on stage, I try to speak like I speak in real life, unless I'm doing an act out or I'm making yeah, a character. Exactly. Like that. But here's the thing about it is, and I'm, do you ever get pushback from like the, uh, the the so the so called so called you know those kind of comics? I I say ghetto. I hate yeah. to say, but you know the urban. I say urban either, but yeah. just black comics who do black rooms. Yeah. You ever get any pushback from them? Not really. I mean, I'll, I go to black rooms. I do them now. I'm a good enough comic now. Yes. Early on, it was like, it was so scary. Yeah. Like, and I would do them, but like, I would try to be something I'm not. Exactly. And then it would go poorly. Be- of course it would. Because they see they, through it. Like, every audience can see through it. Yeah. Any audience, no matter what, where, who can see if you're not being genuine. Oh, you up there trying to be fake? Yeah, you go up there with Timberlands and shit. Yeah, and you put a fake tattoo shit. <laughs> yeah, what you niggas doing that? You know, like that's not you. It's like that's you know, it's like what I was talking about earlier. It's like the white kids wearing fucking uh, academics. It's like you trying to like I can tell yeah. being fake. But now it's like, like one of the things I pride myself on now is like, yeah, I'll come to your room. Yeah, I'll come to your room. Of course, why not? Yes, like yeah, my job is to make people laugh. Thanks, man. Exactly. And it took me a minute to get there, and but now, like, especially working these these type of jokes all over the country, in the south, in the southeast, uh, and having them do well to mediocre, <laughs> like some of the shit's just not gonna hit with some people. Yeah, in some rooms, but that's not the point with this material. Yeah, um, the point is to be authentic and. As long as I do that, that's a win. That's a win for me. I can do that in any room. That's oh, that's beautiful. You know what? It's just your metamorphosis as a comic. And yeah. I, I think that's the great. That shows you're growing. You know what I mean? Because I, I personally think, I was, for example, I was watching uh, Louis' uh, special. Sorry, did you see yeah, it? I did. Yeah. I don't know if you watch Louis a lot, but man, he he did some di- different. He found different. You know, I, I think a comic when they get that that big. Yeah. Like, you kind of know what they're like, you know, Sebastian and Scott. Uh, shout out to him. He's great. Right. But, you know, how he does, how he does yep. stuff. Like, okay, it's good. Bye-bye. Yeah. Louis had different gear. And yeah. Sorry. When he when, yes. when he did the thing about the elephant, he goes, Misha thinks you're going to die today. Yeah. Like, little shit like that. I go, right. This motherfucker's in a different gear. Yeah. And it, it be it's at that stage of the game. Yeah. At that, oh, 38 years in the game. That's the, and he's still hitting different yep. gears. Motherfucker, and that's what I'm gonna do. It's like you still want to fucking grow, right? And see how good can I get at this shit? That's the that's the fucking Buddha in me. It's like I grew up watching Bruce Lee movies, and I love that shit. I love the finding out who you are as a human being, yes, and being adaptable, adaptable to who you are becoming. But yes, always, like you said, always putting your head down and learning and growing. You should always grow. Always be always listen. You don't take anybody's advice, but you'd be surprised who can give you great advice. You'd be yeah. surprised where it comes from. Yeah. You listen to fucking everybody. Where well, you take their advice is different, but you right. gotta listen like, ah, oh, this guy's full of shit. Or you go, huh? You know what I mean? Yeah. That and just little and also like when like, well, we just gotta shut the fuck up. You know? Yeah. But you gotta always be extracted from every aspect yeah. of life. Some things 
you'll learn. Like, I, I apply a lot of this to the acting classes I take. Like, when she said yesterday in acting class, I go, my God, do that in fucking in, in comedy. Right. Everything that applies in acting applies to comedy. Yep. So it's like I'm going to a comedy class in a way. You yep. know what I mean? And that's the, and honestly, and I want to get to this. It's kind of like a non sequitur, but you know how my brain works. But it's like, <laughs> I saw the bit you did, and I have a similar bit, and I love it because no one talks about this. You said, there was no atheist slaves. And I go, and I go, I got a bit like that. And my bit was, my bit was, there had to be one atheist slave. Like, hey man, when's your boy showing up? Oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> because we take an ass whooping right now. Yeah. I'm thinking about selling you out and going to work in the big house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fucking serve this man julep and maybe I get to, he's he going to be a cup. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I got a fucking little thing. Yeah. Fuck it. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, because I, you say it, and are you atheist? Are you atheist? Uh, no, I, I'm probably agnostic. Because I'm not going to, yeah, no. Like, you know what, man? I, I swear, and I, I always do this in Arkansas, and it never works except for the last time I was there. And, and I love it when black people say they're atheists. Because yeah. I just never thought, I mean, even when I went to church, and I went to church, I was like, like yeah, I had to go to church. And I was just going, uh, how can you guys say it's working for uh, as a group now individually right I understand religion individually because if you're down you go uh, yeah and you go oh shit okay yeah. you know I get that but man if you're going as a group and black people always had the church and you know when, when they did the marches and I go it's not fucking working out a buddy who dad was a ministry goes that's a black and it's like we, like you talked about the saying our bits are very similar and it's like you said you know like the, 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 like that's what slaves had to have hope right it was the religion but where was the fucking where was the fucking hope at there was no hope exactly it's like you build it yourself and it's like so for that then it's just like alright uh, you know just diving into the history which I really into was like how why are black people so religious like devoted religion and it's just like well there has to be something better than what we're currently experience, experiencing there has to be a reason for it and we are just gonna chalk it up to there's a higher power. This is out of our control because there's no way that men can be this evil. I, you know what? I, I, I there's gotta be a devil. I was a bit kind of like that, but I, I took it too far. I took it almost too far where it was like if people went oh, and I, and I and I, I should have took it even further. But I was you know featuring somebody bigger. I didn't want to leave him in a hole, but I didn't know where it was gonna go, which is always fun. But it was like. How can you be, say, a religious mom? Like, and I, and I, and I, I did it when, uh, when that dude from Akron got shot like fucking 40 times or whatever, and he didn't have a gun on it. Right. You know? And I go, she had to be a stereotypical black mom. Right. Right? Go to church every day. And all of a sudden, her son gets killed. And then, how can you expect her to go to church? And they go, well, Sister Jenkins, we ain't seen you. Yeah, my son got shot 40 times, so yeah. uh, I'm not going to be going to church anymore. And you see her, like, she's wearing like, like a fucking like leather outfit, right? you know, boosted. Like, Sister Jenkins, what happened? You know what the fuck happened. You saw the, you know, you saw yeah. the news. Yeah. And you go, okay. Like, for sure. How do you have, how do you say that to somebody to have faith when you see the system? And, I mean, everything. Everybody got the reparations. The Japanese, the Jews, everybody got the Except for us. Yeah. They're the ones that mentioned the 40 acres of the mule, not us. Yeah. And then they're like, aha, psych, and they didn't give right. it. And we still go, you know the Lord. And I, and I almost, there's nothing almost that pisses me off more when I see the black preacher. For some reason, I don't know why. Uh, to me, TV preachers are all full of shit. But for some reason, 100%. for some reason, Joel Osteen, I can, to- I can tolerate him. I don't know why, but I tell him because I know what he's about. I know what they're all about. Yeah. But for some reason, I go, you're so wrong with it. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but when I see 
see Black Panther, it, 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 it infuriates me. Yeah, because he got like the he's got a, a, a luxury car worth they of jewelry around his neck. Oh, but just, they, yeah, he's just way down. But they all do, and, and it always pisses me yeah. off. And I don't know why. So when I saw you do that, then I go, I am definitely talking to him about that shit. Because that's oh, yeah. that's what really, really fascinated me. I go, yes, because I want I want a black atheist on this show so fucking bad. Yeah, I, I, I want to go deeper. I, I mean, I probably would be. I just don't care. Like, I don't care to the point where I would be like, it would be misrepresentating myself. Misrepresentating? Uh, yeah, <laughs> misrepresenting myself. Yeah, the part about being a good writer. Yeah, the part about being a good writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like, if I said I was an atheist, they'd be like, okay, so yeah, we're gonna go to the. Like, you still gotta, like, follow the Reddit groups and, like, so I say I'm agnostic, I don't really believe in everything i do i do appreciate the the faith that people have in a higher power like my mom started going to church when she got clean so i like this thing saved you saw it working you saw it working sure i don't think it was god himself but i there's something to whatever she did that helped her through this very difficult time and that happens uh most i think most of the time they're just you know stealing money from people and not paying taxes uh, like the rest of society, but I, it's it's interesting for me to like dive into that in a comedic lens because it's like this shit like first of all you're talking about you're talking about religion and you're talking about slavery so what audience isn't going to be like oh god what the fuck that's the thing I know that's where I'm going that's yeah where I'm going no I mean, that's where I want to go with this yeah. thing because you said that yeah. make them laugh at that make it hard so yeah and go in go in yeah. When I did the so the bit is you know you know there's no atheist slaves like there was no like oh it sure is hard being a slave but thank goodness I got my faith and another slave pops out like well actually there is no God so I love that when you did that I love it I want to see what your first punchline was because I mean it's because I mean it was similar I go let me see what I go this it's it's kind of like if I was guarding your basketball and I was in your face like here and you still hit a forty footer I go. Yeah, shot, bro. Good shot, bro. Learn that from Eric Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what like, But exactly when you want to be like, you know, you go, at least we got the Lord, you know, and then you look yeah. over and Master's fucking fucking in front of you. Yeah. You got to watch because you can't say shit because he fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he's like, I, you know, yeah. Jesus, like, Papas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's like, listen, man. Yeah. Ain't nothing out there. Right. And, and, and then, but then again, though, then again, though, I love to give older black people credit. If you're older than sixty, you kind of got to ride this Jesus thing out you because do. you don't want to. You don't want to put like a like a like a Patriot Seahawks on you know on the goal line. Right. Up. You should, oh my you, god! You should go with the beast and yeah. throw a pass, intercept it. Like, yeah. God damn it! You you had the hand had Brady another one. You had the beast right here. Yeah, yeah we want to throw it. Yeah. And then you get to heaven and Jesus go. You were this close. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucked up. You you gotta get the field goal. Yeah. You would have been in. But yeah, yeah ride it out. So right I get riding the Jesus thing out. I get it now. And, and but and, and and I just test myself as a human being. I found that I read a lot of self help books. Yeah. And I found that if you throw it out to the universe and don't put the Jesus thing on it, you almost get the same result. You know what I mean? Like right. okay, there's a book called uh, uh, Three Six Nine. It, uh, uh, it's a great book. damn bitch. Fine. But self help book from the Yin Yang Stop, <laughs> so, so, 
four pages long. So it's <laughs> but it says it's the principles that Nikola Tesla was working on, and everything is uh, numbers. It comes out to three six nine, no matter how you do it. Okay. Okay. And then, like in the morning, you write what you want to happen three times. In, in the afternoon, you write it six times. At night, before you go to bed, nine times. Okay. And I, honestly, I did that when I needed something that came through. I mean, I needed this. It was yeah. one of those things, and I threw it to the universe. And I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote every day, every day, every day for this thing to happen. And it fucking happened at the last minute. I was like, motherfucker. Like one of those things you go, oh. Like, like, you know, to yeah. the point, like on the movies, like, oh, like that. It was like that. And I was like, okay. But if you go to the universe, the universe works the same way too. So prayer, I think, basically, you can say it to the universe, or you can say whatever, oh, Jesus, or you say Allah, whatever. Whatever's your thing, and you still get the same result because it's yeah. a positive affirmation going out into the world. Right. So if, if you have to process it that the person named Jesus hears it, fine. If you have to process that the universe hears it and the universe works that way, fine. I think it works the same way, personally. I dig that. I mean, that's a faith of sorts. I'm more of a, you know, I guess, do things that you can control, write things down that you can control. That's how I, you know, if I, if I set goals, yeah. I, set yes. them, I set them so I can make like little mini goals to reach that goal. Yes. If it doesn't happen, then... You know, we reset and go again. So you're really in charge of your own progress. And I my, love that. Like, I don't know if that has anything to do with my lack of religion, but it's like I can control so much in my career, only like a little bit. You know, I can't get, you know, into some places, but I can try. I can't like, um, if I don't get in this place, I can replace it with another place that's been having me back for like a decade. I can always find a different way. If I don't get a production company to shoot the special, I can find a way to shoot it myself. Luckily, I got the production company. But without, like, reaching out, there is a, like, thing in comedy where people just wait for opportunities to come to them. Yes. And I've never been that way. I've, like, attacked things very Beautiful. aggressively. Beautiful. And, you know, there, there's a the pro and con of that. Sometimes you get stuff before you're ready. And sometimes, you know, people just don't operate that way. But, um the, the thing with, like, doing this for as long as I've done it, it's like, all right, I know I'm ready for these opportunities. I have a better eye on it, and I'm going to ask for them. If the universe, being a club owner or a booker or a late-night uh, booker, is like, not yet, then that's not yet. But but when are you really ready, ready, though? I mean, it's like it's almost like being the president. Like, Jimmy, Jimmy Carter said, he goes, nothing prepares you for this job. Nothing. Yeah. And that's the way with like. You've been long enough where if an opportunity came and you go, I don't know if I'm ready. Fuck that, man. Yeah. So sometimes you gotta get ready. When it comes, you have to get yourself ready. Get ready. That's the impetus that makes you go, fuck it, I'm gonna be ready. You yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. But but you're in the game, right. so it's not gonna be that foreign of a of an element for you to right. to to get ready to get to that level. Yeah. I mean, have you ever done big time late night? No, no. But the, I mean, it's still a goal. Oh my God. It's still a goal. Uh, my, you should you should have been done that. I'm not even saying yeah. you're my friend. Yeah. You should have been done that because your shit still is so. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this real quick yeah. before I get to. Uh, um, you moved to New York briefly. Yes. I always want to ask you. We never got a chance to sit and talk like this. That's why I love that this is the first time. We, first time we had a long talk. Right. Got people coming up and this thing. Like, what happened? If I could be so cruel to say, like, what happened? Oh, I was just. Uh, what happened was I was washing windows for like 12 hours a day. I'd go and do like a couple overnights and then I couldn't afford to eat. And like my rent was like 
1600 a month. I was living on one half of a basement on an air mattress. Uh, so I was having like just frequent mental breakdowns. Okay. And the comedy I was writing for, you know, these three minute spots, yeah. maybe like two or three a night, was like angry. Yeah. I'm not an angry person. No, you're like me. I moved to New York so that I could become a better comic, and I felt like I was being hindered by trying to get caught, and I was just caught in a fucking sauce, man. You couldn't so, No, I was like, I'd go to, you know, I'd, I'd do all the legwork. I'd go hang out on shows I wasn't on, try to put in FaceTime with, you know, club bookers. I, like, was out seven nights a week, uh, and then wake up and go wash some fucking windows and um, eat my eat my peanut butter bread and go sleep on my air mattress and scrape some quarters together to fucking uh, go do my laundry. It's like a very stoic lifestyle and it showed me that I can live that way, but I don't know if I can be as creatively um, effective if I'm living that way. So I was like, all right, let's do a reset. I moved home. Um, what year was that? That was that had to be like 2014. Mm -hmm. I moved home and then what's weird is like I moved home and then I just started getting booked a lot. Okay. Like on the road. Yeah. Like one-nighters. I'd okay. be like, okay, I'm getting paid to do like long sets mm -hmm. and I'm getting paid to like have fun. I can take my time and I'm not like stressed and uh, you know, having that $1,600 monkey off the back was huge. And then I started, you know, slowly, it probably took a year and a half where I was like, all right, I got at least four or five things every month where I'm getting paid to like go and do stand up. They weren't great. They weren't like, they weren't like life changing money wise, but right. I was getting paid to do comedy. That's what I want to do. And it puts you in a better mental state. It did. It did. And then like, you know, a year later I recorded my first album and yeah. I felt good about it. And I was like, maybe this should be the direction where I can have uh, disposable income and, you know, also get better as a comic. My goal moving to New York wasn't to like, quote unquote, make it. It was just to become a better comic. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm not doing that, if, uh, yeah, what's the point of, you know, just, you see so many comics that are bitter, and my goal was never to be bitter. Yes. Very early on, I worked with, this is before I moved to New York, I've worked with, like, not going to name names, but comics that are just, just, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. They see their peers get stuff, and then they are just fucking the most bitter people in the world. It's like, you get paid to talk to strangers. And that's all on them. And that's, that's it's all like, I, it's like, I never want to be that person. Yeah. I saw myself becoming a little bit of that. And then, because I'd go to shows and I'd be like, how the fuck does this dude get a spot? And that's not, that's not healthy. Yeah, exactly. That's not healthy. Once you start talking like that, yeah. you got to either stop nipping in the bud yeah. or you got to change everything else. Got to go. Because yeah. it, it, I'm glad you caught that, man. Yeah. I always want to ask you, but now, did you feel like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, I mean, I know you came out, you working in, but did you yeah. feel like when you left here, like, ah, a little bit of a failure, like, ah, like a... Oh, know. for sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 100%. Okay. I mean, just, you, and even still, like, I was like, man, if I would have stayed, what would have happened? Could have been nothing. A lot of people stay and nothing happens. Uh, Could have gotten some other stuff, but I feel like opportunities that I can get from New York, um, a lot of them I can get from here, yeah. from living in Indianapolis. Um, 
But like I have a full time comedy career right now. The yeah. only thing that could help me by living in New York is what up, y'all? My man is uh, you know just expanding my reach and selling more tickets to my shows. But now it's like a crapshoot on social media. You blow up on social media of a couple posts. Next thing you know, you're fucking on the road. Like uh, I think about Catherine Blanford who just did Late Night. Yeah, she got it from Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, the next week, her agents had her just on the road doing one night or just. And uh, my buddy Matt just worked with her in Denver and said she sold like 400 tickets over a weekend. And this is like, you know, in the span of six months, just having this groundswell. And I'm a very, I've become a very patient human being. Yeah. So like giving gratitude back is really important to me. So I'm like, all right, I'm giving gratitude to the people that work me, that work with me, that fuck with me, that love my comedy. That's good enough for me. The next step is to build the amount of people that do that. Good for <laughs> that makes sense. No, I mean, I'm glad you said Yeah, I was, I was trying to get her on the, on the pod, but she's and good for her. Yeah, good, I mean, she's great. She's, I, she's funny. She's a good person. Like I always tell people, I said, listen, I might not like the person, but yeah. I respect the kind. If you can get a, a, a following. Yeah. I respect the fuck out of it. I don't care yeah. who you are. Like, if I never see your face again, but comedy wise, I'm glad you, I'm glad you made it. I mean, as far as, you know, that you got a, a fan base and it's that, God bless you, but if I never work with them again, then. Yeah. <laughs> here's the part. Here's the part that I was I was dying to do. Right. This is right. yeah, good way we wrap it up. It's got, we, we got to do a part two. We got to, I love. Like, I didn't get half of the show when I asked you about, but this, uh, this is this is based off of. I did a bit like it. That's why I saw you do it a bit like it. Okay. That's why we're having fun with it. Oh. Okay. All right. The bit called. Uh, uh, they they called me this too. The whitest black guy. Yes. Okay. Yep. So I'm gonna see how white of a black guy you are. <laughs> this is the first time I did shit like this. Okay. 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 Uh, have you ever left a 20% tip even if the service was trash because you felt that black guilt? Yes. Yeah, yeah. All the, I, I, yeah. I've Don't never, you feel it? Don't you feel it? I've what? never tipped below 20%. And you feel like you have to even if they like come out once every fucking 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, hey, bitch, my fucking burger's cold. Well, you're not every yard. Yeah, I, I mean, I worked at a bar. Yeah, tip 20 But the service is trash. So you go, come on, there's three people in this fucking place. I know. I know. Okay. Yeah, you get you get at least twenty percent. Okay, you get you gonna get some you gonna get some aggressive eye contact. But <laughs> I will leave you twenty percent. Okay, okay. Tip your tip your weight staff. Always tip your weight staff. Yeah, I don't want to tip your weight staff. Otherwise, no black comics come in. We don't get no black comics. Yeah, you don't tip. Yeah, there's some four hundred people here. We made twelve dollars a piece. And the words and the words for this like uh, artist Bimmy and Morty's. She didn't bring my water. I ordered water. And that's why there's no black comments coming to the people like you. <laughs> oh, I got another one. You ever had a black girlfriend? Yes. Ah, oh, damn, you're one of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Her name was Stacy. Stacy for short, Anastasia. Lives in Hawaii now. Oh, we shit! Very good terms. Nice, okay. Have you ever gotten booed off stage? Yes. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of this past story, I guess it wasn't a booed off stage, but they did. Like, this happened at Morty's, they, like, flashed the stage lights off. Oh, shit. They came off, and they came back on, and I was like, oh, shit. Was it, was it going bad? Was it going bad? It was going bad. So I had followed, I was, Miss Pat just destroyed, and I, I think I told the story in a Facebook group. I, uh, I just come from the hospital, this is my granddad, and I was just, I, like, begged to go on stage, and they put me after Miss Pat, 
oh. destroyed. I just go up and I'm like, but she was, <laughs> my granddad has a, uh, he did rest in peace. He had a uh, high blood pressure and diabetes. And uh, Miss Pat was like, all black people got diabetes. And it just fucking destroyed. And I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. And then I go up and I was like, oh, black people got, I just mocked her. And the audience was like, who the fuck do you think? <laughs> oh, they turned it. Oh, they did. They turned. And I was like, I'm sorry. I just, uh, I'm sorry. I got to get it together. I was just like mumbling. And then from the back of, this, back of the room, I just hear, nigga, tell a joke. And it's Miss Pat. And the crowd goes wild again. She killed again. And then I was like, I tried to power through. And I go, I'm sorry. Uh, I just came from the hospital with my granddad and some dude in the audience goes, you should go back. <laughs> I was like, God damn. And I was oh, like, shit. fuck. And then, no shit, the lights flash off and flash back on. And I said, all right, that's my time. Good night, I am gonna joke out. You should go back. God, he said, you should go back. Black audience is the fucking best. Oh my god! That they if they see blood together, oh if they god. see blood, even great white sharks go back. <laughs> yes. Go Damn, you gonna eat the fucking ass? Hey, <laughs> every part of this moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. I can lie about it now, but that was that took a minute. That's think, fucking hilarious. I think I got in the car and like started laughing. You had to. I was like, did I? Because I just got off stage and went and got in the car, took his advice, and went back to my house. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're trying to go I can't even get this out. You should go back. Go back. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep it together. Okay, this is the last one. Has any one of your white friends ever said the word nigga and you let it slide because it was used in the right context? Uh, Let's just say you're white. Not, I'm not proud of this one. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I get it. No. It's like, it's yeah. like you have a good white friend or whatever, and say somebody black broke in a car and go, yeah. fucking niggas are always you. <laughs> and you gotta go, yeah, I get it. <laughs> He got himself at it quick enough, but you were like, oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you have white friends and somebody's oh, like, no. you have white friends and somebody's like, text outside because she just she walked past. Yeah, probably like, white ladies yeah. walk past. Like, like, what kind of show is this? Fucking say a nigger. Yeah. I'm going to wipe my pockets. You got to get these doors out the air. Man, uh, I just gave her a pass. <laughs> it's the White Simmons. His new album is called Who's the Master? Well, when's it coming out? When's it going to be coming out? Uh, this summer. So no release date yet, but stay tuned, please. No release date. Follow him on social media at Instagram at Dwight underscore Simmons. My God. And your web series, right? Yeah. Brewtube Comedy. Brewtube Comedy. God damn, man. I, I honestly... I'm so glad we had this talk. I, I, this was long overdue, and it's my fault long overdue, because, man, I've always fucking loved your comedy. And just you as a person I love, but your comedy, too. So it's it's just everything about you is fucking great, bro. Thank you. And I mean, thank you for having me. Ed, no, thank you for coming on. We'll do a part two when it comes out, man, a release date, whatever you want to do, bro. Anytime, you're welcome here, man. So thank you so much, Dwight Simmons. Thank you guys for watching. And like we said, by this time, you know the word. Hey.